0: hello i'm claire from wild ginger running the trail and ultra running youtube channel and this is the podcast version of my weekly live chat with an athlete coach or other running expert the link to the original film on youtube is in the show notes check out my instagram and youtube channel for more training advice inspiration and gear reviews everything is wild ginger running and my blog is wildgingerunning.co.uk Support me on Patreon if you enjoy this free advice at patreon.com slash wildgingerrunning. Enjoy this podcast and see you next week for more.
2: Good evening. Good evening. Uh, <laughs> welcome to another Scotney takeover of Wild Ginger Running. We are at a later time tonight because of, uh, well, our guest requested that we maybe did a little bit of a yeah, length of time. he needed
3: some, so he some did, more time to get his tea in or something like that.
2: Tea? Uh, I mean like cups of tea. Oh, cups of tea, yeah, because this person's more known for their, for their cups of tea. But how are we doing, Jen?
3: Yes, I'm fine, thank you.
2: Excellent. <laughs> the customary uh, asking that question. <laughs> no
3: same old same You've
2: old you seen me today i <laughs> have seen you today indeed but just for our listeners out there and those who are joining us live on youtube if you are joining us live on youtube thanks for coming along and uh, please you can ask our wonderful guests some questions and who is our guest this evening jen
3: oh i don't know some guy called damien hall
2: <laughs> oh. do we know him good evening damien
4: hi he sounds rubbish i wouldn't have him on <laughs> yes. Get a proper guest, John Kelly, <laughs> something like that. <laughs> yeah. How are we doing? Yeah, good. Thanks. That was very professional, Marcus. That was very good.
3: Actually, I we thought not really introduced you at all. <laughs> 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 so this is ultra running international ultra runner, fifth at UTMB. Did winner mention- of numerous races. I did write your bio to put on the proper <laughs> podcast <laughs> notes um, and podium at some of the toughest races as well. Dragon's Back, Spine Race.
2: Is it one race called UTMB? Isn't it? I, I mentioned that. Race. Oh, you mentioned that one as well. But also, you seem I was
3: to have I was there. A, um, a little um, fascination with breaking records as well. Are we calling them records or FKTs tonight? I feel like Stu Smith will keep badgering me if I call them FKTs all night so I'm going with records but you're welcome to use the FKT <laughs> um, and to talk to us about your new book um, In It For The Long Run which mm. yeah so congratulations on that
2: oh
4: thanks uh, that's
3: also rubbish I wouldn't I wouldn't buy that steal it you
2: meant, you meant to be selling I'm it I'm sure you're
3: contractually ob- obliged to um, tell us how wonderful it is it's a uh...
4: It's terrible. It's honestly, uh, no. It's well. Hopefully, it's okay in places. But yeah, it was a bit like an ultra marathon. Started out quite well, maybe a bit too pacey. Wills fell off towards the end, and then just stumbled over the line. Uh, just about made the the third deadline after a few all nighters. Uh, lots of bad bad nutrition mistakes.
3: And um, how would you describe? Like, what book did you set out to write? Because it's quite a. It's not just about. Your ultra running or your records—it's also a little bit of history about the sport and also some some other issues such as environmental issues and things like that weave into it. Oh, you've actually read it. Uh, Um. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, one of us Um, has. (laughs) 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 What did you think of it, Marcus? (laughs) Um,
2: Yeah, I. I Marcus
3: skimmed read to where he was mentioned, but yes, I have read it. So, was was that the book that you set out to write, or?
4: You shouldn't tell him what I said about him then. Um, yeah, good question. Uh, it did change a little bit. Um, they, first of all, it was Kirsty Reid at uh, Vertebrate. It was her idea. Um, and she wanted, I suppose, sort of my insight into, into record slash FKT bothering. Um, but over time, that I suppose it turned into a bit more of an autobiographical thing which I was a bit nervous about, but that's just kind of what came out. Uh, but then I've always been very interested in, I love the pedestrianisation, you know, the, sorry, pedestrianisation of Norwich City Centre in joke
2: for Alan there. Um, I didn't know that was something you were so so keen on. I that's think like, I missed
3: that chapter in the book, yeah, actually.
2: Yeah. <laughs> Are you now moving on to, like, kind of bits of Bristol, the kind of just nail sorry. section and that. Just uh, that. Just uh, that? The pedestrianism
4: era <laughs> in, the, in the late 1800s, which was... Um, yeah, uh, fascinating, uh, incredible, wacky, uh, screw-loose uh, era that uh, isn't celebrated enough, I think. I honestly think there's some great films in it, you know, Captain Barclay and people like that, and people running from Paris to Moscow, and then did they? Because actually the stats don't, don't quite line up. And, you know, just a fascinating era, which was actually quite short uh, and ruined by the bicycle.
3: Yeah. Um, yes, that came in. And then damn that penny farthing. Yes.
4: Yes. <laughs> um but it was an incredible era and actually that well records and fkts actually started long long before that in fact the birth of the marathon of course was a sort of uh, not an fkt attempt but a long journey that wasn't a race um you know a messenger traveling a long way on, on foot um so i don't know the, the history stuff just came up as i was going and i just really enjoyed researching that uh so i chucked a bit of that in as well i suppose but yeah it always ends up a bit different and then i tried to be as honest as i could of course a few things get taken uh, it's smarter to leave out
2: but yeah I tried to be <laughs> honest um, Ooh, that, that, that sounds slightly controversial I'm trying to think
4: probably if I left it out I should probably not say them publicly I can't think of anything too dramatic actually just one or two tiny things that actually I don't know maybe someone was having a bad day and, and actually putting it in a book isn't very kind or maybe I was having a bad day more to the point um like today um <laughs> But yeah, it changed a bit to answer your question, but hopefully it's still, I don't know, hopefully it's still worth reading, but uh, who knows?
3: And how who would knows? you describe it now if somebody asked what your book was about? Load of nonsense. <laughs> uh, I suppose it's my, load of bobbins. Um, I suppose it's my,
4: my, mostly my journey into ultramarathon running. And I guess one of the themes is try, you, uh, almost that debate a bit about, not what's better races or, or solo challenges, but what are the differences? Because, uh, of course, we can all do both, but, like, what are the big differences between them? Um, and and what, what, do the, what, what does one give you that the other one doesn't? And that sort of thing, I suppose. Um, yeah. I don't know if that sounds like a good summary or not. <laughs>
2: <laughs> You've read it. You, you haven't. You? Yes, yes. Um, you need to
3: take over the PR
2: for this well, one. Well, well,
3: <laughs> probably. Um
2: drawn- Uh, who's joined us live on on YouTube so he's just just read it and it's an excellent book oh there
3: we go that's all we need to say
2: (laughs) we'll we'll maybe get cloned on he can maybe give us a bit more of a if you could just ask him instead Um, yeah thank you uh, Hannah Bersley's still waiting for her copy um so yeah can you chase
3: up where that's gone please yeah (laughs) but she's got to do
2: the kids bedtime shortly so um I think she maybe wants us to hurry up (laughs) she'll catch up on a recording later on so she'll
3: um, when she's read it <laughs> yeah.
4: Um, yeah most of it's not good bedtime sort of story, a children's story bedtime reading oh. necessarily I don't think Are well, they're dreaming especially.
3: about toenails falling off and hallucinations and things like that
4: yeah maybe it's not, yeah maybe it is I don't know uh, probably it's,
2: probably it's <laughs> not not enough with it kind of you know <laughs> just... <laughs> <laughs> when you put it like that it probably
4: is quite like, a good bedtime reading if you pick reading. your chapters yeah.
3: maybe <laughs>
2: um uh, uh, we're getting some questions coming in on youtube so if you are joining us live on youtube and you want to ask damien some questions about either his book or about ultra running or any of the crazy stuff he's been up to um vicky royale wants to um kind of know whose birthday it is she's obviously like really looking closely at the screen oh, i can see something in the background it says day oh blimey um, so um, i oh, spy bunting yes, in the background this is. It the- was my
4: daughter's. was my daughter's birthday yesterday. Uh, she turned. She turned ten. So I've been a parent for ten years, which is quite frightening, but probably not as long as you, Marcus. I don't think
2: sixteen. Uh, I can trump you on. So I have a sixteen-year-old. Wow. In my hands. So yeah.
4: <laughs> you're practically a granddad. Uh, thanks That's...
3: <laughs> I'm going to swing this back to the book so when your children <laughs> oh, yeah, don't come across as being that impressed by your running <laughs> in the book that, are they still not really right, that right fussed about it?
4: <laughs> no 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 they're not very interested no because I, I um, yeah no they're not really not really all that Im- impressed or interested um, um, yeah I don't know where to I mean you don't want to go on about it too much hopefully because i don't know if you you know it's natural for kids i think to rebel a bit against their parents and i'm probably an even more natural person to rebel against just because i'm quite annoying and, and boring uh, as we've already alluded to uh i don't know marcus what do your what do your kids uh, you know what are their
2: reactions to your running <laughs> hey we're interviewing you not <laughs> <laughs> Me tonight. I'm a, I'm I am bored me. <laughs> i make myself like an amazing like... parent, distant parent. They only see me a couple of times a week, so uh, <laughs> yeah, I am Uber super cool dad. Um because he can get away oh, with They do just but...
3: kind of expect you to win stuff right. <laughs> When yes. I went to do like the How Hobble when they were staying, which is like quite a short race like 30 mile one with some good fell runners and i'm kind of mid mid pack in that and then i first answer like a first question of me was just so where did you finish (laughs) it doesn't always work out like that that's your dad
2: (laughs) so they do yeah they have uh (laughs)
3: not interested 30 something i don't know
2: I,
4: I remember reading a, quite a good thing online comparing just like team sports to, to being a runner because at least in team sports I don't know maybe you win half the time or even a third of the time you can come home and say we won today kids we won our game and in running I mean Marcus Marcus wins a lot I don't actually win many races but, but yeah the chances of winning aren't all that high for most people but yeah even in our household even then they're not impressed really just not very interested
3: you quite often get a medal even though you don't win in running which is quite good though <laughs> That is true. And Which I, to I think say, can impress kids. <laughs> yes. Actually, my daughter, for quite a long time,
4: I'm not someone who hangs my medals up, but I've, I've got them in a shoebox or, well, two shoeboxes, um, down somewhere. And she did for a while, when she was younger, think they were all wins. Um <laughs> I,
2: so that, was a good, that. that was the best moment. Yeah. But, aren't <laughs> sure they, but aren't they inspired or impressed by the commitment that you have to ultra running and the training? Or do they kind of you know, do they see that as your as your job now as well? Or do they just see that as something that like daddy does and he's off for another run?
3: It, and we miss him.
4: <laughs> <laughs> I think they've gone beyond the stage where they miss me now, to be honest. Uh, I just think they, yeah, no, I don't think, maybe, maybe quietly, hopefully they are. But no, there's not any kind of, oh, how was your run, daddy? Or like, No, I'm just away for three days, and I come back, and you know they don't ask about it. Uh, They wonder if I brought them back a present. So I stopped bringing them back presents because I thought it was associated. You know, they'd look forward to me going away. Um, (laughs) They don't seem particularly impressed. But that, honestly, that kind of I think it kind of spurs me on a bit. You know, in the dark, the dark long nights uh, when you're when you're running running through the night. uh, Yeah, I I I think it does spur me on a bit. But yeah, no, they're not they're not impressed or. Uh, or anything really. And
3: in terms of all the the um, races and records that you go through in this book, which one are you most proud of? Uh
4: um, but yeah, probably the Pennine Way. Probably. Well, hopefully, like, yeah. I was just thinking. I guess there are going to be some more attempts on it on it soon. Uh, no, there'll be several this are year. Oh, I don't need to yet um, <laughs> I've heard, well three three men's possibly attempts um but yeah no probably that one uh it did feel like a sort of even almost a nine year uh journey since I first walked it uh and like probably four years since I start seriously started thinking of it so probably that one
1: I
3: love um, the um the quote, I hadn't realised, but in your guidebook that you'd written about the Pennine Way, hadn't you written about Mike Hartley's record and saying about how nobody would ever beat it? I mean, at that time, I'm guessing I yeah. had no idea that you would go on to beat that. <laughs> yeah,
4: I just didn't even, I'm pretty sure I didn't ha- have an idea of what ultra running was or, or long distance fell running or whatever we want to call it, Um Yeah, I didn't know what that sport was. But I remember researching, I was reading the other guidebooks and the previous guidebook from from Aurum Press uh, and thinking, oh my goodness, like, you know, who does that? Like, I didn't know anyone who did that sort of thing. And I remember putting it in the book just thinking, that's, he's an alien, you know, he's just... (laughs) But then I suppose when you look back and you see there are several seeds planted, I suppose, in your mind, and and that would have been one of them. Um, You know, it took a long time for that to percolate round to think maybe I could try that, but yeah. Yeah, it was very um yeah, incredible to read about that. Um Yeah. Yeah, it's inspiring, isn't it?
2: Yeah. Isn't it? And, and talking about your kids kinda of keeping you you grounded, we are getting some questions on, on YouTube and, and Tom Bollins I think is kinda of, um just wants you to keep you grounded oh, yeah, in, in some, some respects. This is <laughs> this is Tom Bollins asking I'm gonna put I'm posting it on I don't know why the the font's gonna uh, well, out.
3: Which FKT were you more gutted to lose? Southwest Coastal <laughs> Path or Paddy Buckley? <laughs> is that spelled Tom Bollin? Bollin, yeah, yeah. B-O-L-L-L-E-N
4: yeah. Hi Tom
3: <laughs> Tom's a school friend How uh, oh, uh, is he? Uh,
2: so he's come to heck with you Excellent, uh, you, well, your... kids
3: and school friends are there to keep you grounded <laughs> My school friends, yeah, just take the mickey out of me constantly still <laughs> mm-hmm.
4: <laughs> Yeah Um. I think, Uh. yeah, the Paddy Buckley round I was very surprised to get that in the first place and then always just thought someone would take it a week later uh, so I think I had it over a year that was quite that was just a yeah bit of disbelief really because it was you know proper fell running uh and one of the big three rounds um I, but uh, yeah you still don't like you still don't enjoy handing a record <laughs> over but um but the southwest coast Path, I suppose I got more used to that one it was my first sort of decent decent one uh and yeah I got used to I maybe I'd got too used to it you know it was a good four years or so you know, not quite the 31 years that Mike Hartley enjoys. But, um yeah, and I, I got used to seeing one or two people go for it and kind of not get all that close and kind of, you know, it just relaxes you and you, you think, ah, yeah, that's my record. Yeah, you can't have that. <laughs> and then uh, then someone breaks it, which is a bit annoying. Um So, yeah, thanks, Tom.
3: Thanks, Tom. <laughs> thanks for that reminder.
2: <laughs> Excellent. And if you've got any that's more that's interesting kind of yeah, questions, any, Tom, any, or... Anything else you want to do.
3: Cancel him or
4: delete him or something or <laughs> mute
2: him <laughs> we can, uh, we're always always welcome um talking about the spine um yeah because you've, you've done how many times have you done this the spine race that... uh just two just two, just, just, two <laughs> just two just two um john uh zinc is kind of asking for a bit of a kind of a top training tip and a piece of gear for the spine so two, two kind of bits there to that question so your top training tip for the spine. And your kind of top piece of kit other than teabags. Um... <laughs> and he
3: does say the spine rather than the Pennine Way. So I don't think Jay-Z is going for the Pennine Way record just yet. I know
4: <laughs> oh, okay, few, because yeah, I'd give him duff advice there. Um, <laughs> um, yeah, trading advice. I would actually say, uh, I think it's quite natural to think, right, I've got to do lots of long runs with a big heavy pack. I would actually say, you know spend quite a lot of time doing, doing, doing the opposite of that and, and work on work. don't forget to work on your speed and you know get your economy up nicely so that you can you know travel at a decent speed. I think I sense a lot of people you know start doing the, the long, slow stuff a bit too soon, maybe, and, and load up the pack, and, and that's going to kind of it will bring you a bit of strength, but it's going to kind of slow you down. Uh, and I would save that till you know quite near the event, really. Um, yeah, don't forget to get fast and strong as well. You know, I would do a bit of weight training because the, the terrain is pretty grueling and quite mixed and, you know, boggy and so on. Uh, in terms of kit, um, I'll try not to do something obvious like plug innovate. Um, <laughs> all uh, right. We uh, well, oh, loaded up do, with Montaigne I do. tonight. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, I guess in quite a few instances, you do want to go with something really light because they really load you up with kit on that race. And uh, I think we've had good discussions online, haven't we, about who got the lightest spork? <laughs> uh, what did we get down to? Was it like five or six grams? Or I think, uh, I think we
3: ended up with just like a plastic free one from the
2: services well, or something. Was, yeah. 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 Sorry, but,
3: decided that was. Well,
2: like it, was, it, was it was about three or four grams. It was. <laughs> but I mean, I think it would probably just dissolved in a hot. Cup of tea or something. It was, <laughs> yeah. it was, it was <laughs> not more for either. show. It was like
4: <laughs> Yeah, but you have the lightest fork, so you know, who's the <laughs> real, real winner? Um Yeah, I mean, I, the stuff that you're not really gonna use, the sleeping bags and so on, yeah, I I would if you could afford it. Get get the lightest possible. Um, but yeah, when it comes to a waterproof jacket, yeah, you do want a proper one. Don't go with a lightweight one there. Um, that would be my advice, get a yeah, proper waterproof jacket. You're gonna be wearing it the whole time. Um probably sleeping a bit
2: too. So yeah, get a proper one. Cool. Brilliant. Great advice uh, on that one. We're getting quite a few questions coming in. We're Which getting are...
3: loads. So I don't think we, we don't know, school school need to ask you. So yeah. t- Tom's back
2: now. <laughs> 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 Here we go. For should we go? Should we stick to the FKTs? Yeah, I think while well,
3: we're talking about the FKTs t- or re- records, records,
2: records, records, um,
3: because you have, I think we've not even mentioned the Kate Rath one that you did either, have we yet? But yeah, um, GB is asked, which FKT do you have your eye on next? And which aspect of training for an FKT do you find the toughest?
4: Well, yeah, I do have a little scheme in mind coming up quite, quite soon, actually, this later this month. Uh, if you don't mind, I'll keep the, keep the details to myself, although you two are grinning knowingly. Um, <laughs> It is in the north of England. It's a similar type of record, I suppose, is the best but thing. You're to not going for the
2: limestone way, are you? <laughs> I've, I've only
4: had had it really, like I've a heard month. that's really. I've heard, I heard that's a really soft record. I might, I might have it. <laughs> <laughs> um, um, yeah, I've got one coming up. I've got yeah, I've kind of got F, FKT fever still. Um, I love even though races are beginning to come back on. Yeah, they're just they're just really exciting. They're great fun. Do you uh, think you'd um, be
3: planning these even if? Uh, even uh, or was it the the races that you had planned this year aren't looking like they're going ahead
4: yeah I think I I think by the end of maybe or middle of last year I thought I'm going to do from now on I'm going to do slightly fewer races and slightly more sort of record FKT attempts or just solo solo projects or whatever you want to call them Um, they're just I don't know you can do it totally on your own terms I suppose you you know you pick where and when and, and the style whether you're being supported or not and um whether you want to go for you know a soft a soft record like like marcus's or or you know, proper proper um, <laughs> no proper one yeah. <laughs> no, Jess, marcus Marcus is faster than me i I, I wouldn't stand a chance um, yeah no i really i really I really enjoy them um and then also, yeah, you can do them totally solo and get that real satisfaction, like my winter paddy of, of having done it all yourself, which is really mm. satisfying, but also it's great sometimes to sort of bring your mates in and 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 have a team thing where you really feel like yeah it's when running is you know it's a solo sport really but you can really make it feel like a team event which is really quite cool as well um so I like that aspect but yeah I'd like to race race again at some point this year but um I forgot what the question was but yeah
3: and the second part of the question which was which aspect of training um FKT do you find the toughest
2: or do you find it tough at all or do you just enjoy that kind of having that goal
4: yeah I don't know if well, it's probably always like if I was given a, my favourite type of run would be a lot, you know, a long run, uh, a, a, a bimble as some people call them. Um, <laughs>
3: you don't. You call them that. <laughs> just
4: me, yeah, No one else. Um, <laughs> um, it's probably the speed work. To be honest, I'm, I'm a bit, I'm a bit reluctant with that stuff. I'm not a runner who I don't love that so much. Of, of going, going fast. I like, yeah, like four, you know, four, six, eight hours out in, in lumps. That's. That's the most fun thing for me. Uh, But yeah, I mean, but, you know, when you do intervals, you nearly always feel fantastic afterwards and really relieved and and satisfied that you have. But it's probably that.
3: It's probably that. I think one thing, and I'm going to just show off that I've read your book now. (laughs) One thing I was surprised at in the book was that you seemed to, uh, you had the work of a psychologist helping you before the Pennine Way one, whereas I would have thought that that would have been more, um, needed for a race situation actually rather than for an fkt so it was a was there a reason that you picked that time to work with a psychologist or and what was it that you were focusing on in terms of the Fkt for that
4: yeah maybe it was um, i just i was just sort of maybe we just had or i had a bit more time because of lockdown and, and, and stuff I just felt like I had time to really i guess prepare properly prepare as fully as possible i had less like a lot of people, I'd less travel, less trips away, and I just thought, what you know, what are the aspects I haven't? Where are my weak points? What are the aspects I haven't worked on before? Um, and although I've every, I've always sort of finished a race or finished a challenge, you know, not always as well as I would have hoped, but I just thought maybe there are some tricks. Maybe you know, I I should look into this. So I had yeah three sessions with with Dr. Josie Perry that were really helpful. Um, I was, you know, if I if I'm to be frank, you know, I was. I wasn't, you know, I'm intimidated by John Kelly if I'm honest, and my, and Mike Hartley because I see them as incredible athletes, and I don't see myself on their level. Um, so
3: for I, anybody that doesn't know, like you and John Kelly, shared a coach and were going for the Pennine Way record within. Well, I mean, at one point it was was it going to be on the same day, but it ended up being was it ten days apart?
4: I think it was. He had the record for eight day, yeah, for eight days. So it was, yeah, it was close. Um Yeah, yeah, we got the we've got the same coach, David Roach, uh, the American. So I did think, well, you know, physically, um, you know, we might not be all that different. So it might not be that aspect of it. So I did think it's going to be logistics. Like I've got to get the right team and and just plan things as thoroughly as possible, be as efficient as possible. Um, And then I also, yeah, I I guess I wasn't thinking, what's he not doing, but I thought, well, I've never really talked to a sports psychologist. Um, and, And she encouraged me. I think it was helpful. She encouraged me, I suppose, to try and bring, uh i suppose kind of my values into it and try and bring a message into it so i I suppose i was you know i was trying to bring more of an environmental sort of theme to it although got to hold my hands up and you know several quite a few car journeys happened that wouldn't have happened otherwise um but you know overall i sort of offset that although that's a that's a separate debate but but yeah brought all those you know she said bring those values in make them visible you know what's going to motivate you what's your why make it visible you know write it down write it on the van uh, I don't think she said write it on your arm but I did. Um,
3: <laughs> that was the whole uh, speculation for the the time you were running of what your fff meant <laughs> wasn't it?
4: Yes, I think the best it was quite fun hearing different guesses and obviously yeah the best guess was that it was yeah yeah a repeated a repeated swear word which is <laughs> um um but that was yeah that was a bit of fun. Um but yeah, so she helped me she helped me there um I think just set up my motivation think about my why um Yeah, I think it was useful. I think it was useful.
3: Is that something that you've been able to pass on to the athletes that you coach?
4: Yeah, I think so. I think so. Um, And there are certain things, some other, um, I mean, it's worth going to her website. I think it's performance in mind, or if you just search for Josie Perry, there's some good sort of worksheets on her website. Um, And one of them is, for example, well, you can do like a confidence booster uh, just beforehand, which I I did do, I'll be honest. Uh, I think that was helpful. And there's something called like a what if sheet which I think is another good tactic where you kind of think, well, what am I worried about? What What is most likely to go wrong? And then you write that down and then you kind of write some things to try and prevent it. And then you write some things of how you're going to respond. Um, and yeah, it does several things. It hopefully makes you less likely to do that thing, um, but also some practical solutions are ready and you've got them prepared, but also, yeah, mentally. So you don't kind of fall apart. If you just the the obvious one is kind of uh, going off course, for example, like, uh, like me and Marcus have been in a race together where we've both gone, of course. So We, I, I, we both
3: know that we're both quite good at doing that. Um, I mean, you managed to but... do that in a spine race despite being the author of oh. the guidebook to the Pennine Way, <laughs> which <It> wasn't your <laughs> finest moment. <laughs>
4: Yes, thanks for bringing that up. You really have the book, haven't you? Yeah, quick, um, let's quickly put Mozart to one side. Let's, see let's brush that very it, quickly Before you bring up side. the dad dancing, thank you. Um,
3: oh, we've got a video yes. of that coming up. <laughs> oh, good. Oh, good.
4: I'm going to regret this whole thing, aren't I? Um,
3: we have too many photos of you.
4: <laughs> yeah, I'm disappointed they don't yeah. in the book
3: the dad dancing dancing not the photos but it was mentioned the dad dancing on the stage
4: (laughs) it was mentioned it was mentioned um yeah i got pretty badly lost on that first spine race in mitigation i was uh very very tired i've never done anything like that before and it was very very dark and cold and i got very confused by some hallucinations Um, yes
2: Right. We've got more questions coming in as well, haven't we? I was going to um, we, well, we can come back to the Pennine Way in, in, a, in a wee bit can't we really? We can kind of weave our way around to that. We can so do that whatever that. we want. We can. <laughs> uh, that's the joys of being in, sure. in charge of this um, interview. Like, so we've talked a little bit about training um, for an FKT um, and for the Pennine Way and we've also been, so you're also of well-known race you've done really well in is, is a UTMB Oh, he, doesn't, he doesn't
3: like to mention that. <laughs> doesn't well, well,
2: we'll bring that up. Um, and and uh, Nicola, Nicola
3: has said, "What's the most important aspect in the training when it comes to UTMB? Logging the miles or the elevation?" Are we going? What are we going for? <laughs> well,
4: I, I would again approach it with with you know work on your economy. Do do some proper speed work for a good spell beforehand. You know, you want to get. Um, into your well you, yeah optimize your, your economy which is I suppose essentially making your your easy pace faster is one way to understand it um, so I would work on that and then and then yeah maybe six weeks eight weeks out um, and maybe you know you two are coaches well maybe you'd do it differently but but then you'd start thinking about about elevation and and really what you're doing there is and those those adaptations apparently come a lot sort of quicker um so it's your muscular adaptations uh, more so, and yeah, I would practice power hiking up steep things, uh, ideally for sort of a, a UTMB, several one-kilometer hikes and descents. And it's the descents as well that are going to really do give you some proper DOMS. Uh, so you 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 have to be careful doing this, but yeah, you you need to run down some sort of ideally one-kilometer descents, and one of the best places to do that is is Snowden, but but you know not not kind of on a on a sunny a sunny day at the weekend maybe um it's quite a busy place but that is one of the best mountains to do that on um so I would do some of that uh to condition your legs and and get used to the power hiking um and yeah certainly recommend poles so yeah elevation becomes becomes a big thing nearer the nearer the event I would say
3: and in the book on I mean I'm guessing this is a feature kind of earlier in your running career but you seem to um do quite a lot of events quite close together shall we say like an FKT a week before you Timmy, or something like that. Some, maybe I've got the days wrong. I mean, looking were those looking back, is that how you would train now or were you just kind of making mistakes? <laughs> or is that a too strong a word?
4: <laughs> well, if again to bring up Marcus Marcus of course remembers very fondly when he when he coached me and almost sacked me. <laughs> uh, I think he was I think he wanted to sack me. Um, um <laughs> Dragons back? Didn't I do a hundred miler about three or four weeks before? Dragons back, I think. Yes.
2: Yeah, and you also yeah. added in a cheeky little half marathon <laughs> when you ran a PB and was and were quite you were quite kind of pleased with yourself for running a PB and maybe I wasn't joining in your uh, in your celebrations as much because it wasn't part of a training program, um, but at least it kind of did show that base endurance, easy running, things was difference a difference upon.
4: Yes. And I must say, uh, yeah, Marcus did, did really set me off well that year. It was one of my best years. And he brought me out of, brought me out of injury and really set me up really nicely. Um, and I had, yeah, really, a really good year after that. So was, thank you, Marcus. And I'm sorry I was such a pain. Um, and actually, I only stopped working with Marcus, I should say, because in the book, I, d- I don't, maybe don't make it clear, I worked with several coaches early on, but it was always just a short-term thing because I had no money and couldn't really afford to pay them. So it was always a sort of a deal where i get them some magazine coverage in return so I didn't want to yeah keep, when I the probably, goodwill ran out then you'd have to give up, probably so I didn't want to take the biscuit although I probably did yeah,
2: um, when I, when when the I, question I again. started losing um, my hair at the back like that kind of
3: but it does seem well, I, that you've kind of your, your race diary or your FKT diary isn't as full as it used to be a few years ago
4: absolutely yeah no um, I've yeah I've yeah I've, yeah, I've, I've what is it sort of Yeah, I feel like a parent with some of my coaching clients, where you're trying to say, actually, you know, six races in a year isn't isn't sustainable, isn't such a smart idea. Um, You know, injury, burnout, or you just won't do as well as you can do in most of those races. Um, So, yeah, I plan things a lot differently now. And early on, it was it was more about sort of they were more more, almost stories for magazines, and so it was almost like um, I wasn't so bothered about my performances. But then, as as my performances improved. I was just more and more excited about that and I started sort of cancelling races I suppose and saying no to things to to become an athlete to try and do better in those races um and yes yeah I think I ran around the Isle of Wight about 10 days before my first UTMB which again was I was thinking of (laughs) yeah which I I thought was I say only only about 60 miles but I hadn't really plotted it it was was actually well over 70 uh Yeah. yeah I'm surprised that UTMB went went so well um but yeah, I'm I'm a lot smarter now, and and I um, uh, and it's a shame you've had to bring this up. If any of my coaching clients are, are, are watching, <laughs> well, it's in the book. Um, it's in the book. It's there. Yeah, <laughs> you brought true. it up. <laughs> yeah, but, but, but essentially, as I'm sure you two would say as well, yeah, it, less tends to be more. Like now that I do, maybe maybe an ideal year would be like I suppose three big things, but even two, um, and and yeah, properly train for them, properly concentrate on them. Also, if you do all those things mentally, you're just you're not as excited about the next one. You're still tired from the last one. You you know, you're more likely to not, not do well or, or not complete it um, and, and just not as in, enjoy it. So, yeah, yeah, I've, well, I've learned. It's, it
2: sounds like all those years ago, you finally <laughs> listened to the advice I gave you at three races. So, um, But yeah. keeping with, with, with UTMB, you kind of talked about, you know, training for this. How, how important, because I know in your preparations that you spent quite a bit of time, out in the Alps, playing on the course, playing around in those Alpine mountains. How how important is it for something like UTMB or Tour de Gion or Lavaredo, those kind of big Alpine um, races? How important would you say it is to get out in that kind of terrain and kind of just spend some time training on it? Or can we just in the UK spend time here and then go out and have a crack at them?
4: Um, I mean... I mean, yeah, you, you you probably will do better if you can get out there. But I think people could still do very well without doing that. I I, I was top ten in Lavaredo without without going out there. Um um UTMB I only once I suppose each year counted as a recce, you could say, but like um <laughs> and always always the final year, right. <laughs> I was always wrecking for that final year. Um in that final year where I had my best result, yes, I recce'd it then maybe four weeks beforehand or five weeks. Um but actually, I don't know, it's debatable. It's, it's I don't want to go get too too boring, but like the year before, my time wasn't actually all that different when I when I placed 12th. The course was slightly different, so it's difficult to be sure, but there's probably only 20 or 30 minutes in it. But I suppose at UTMB, 20 or 30 minutes could be quite a lot of places. Um, yeah, I mean, you, you can do all right on British terrain. What's interesting is, say, the altitude. Like, I don't really feel it, but say Beth Pascal, for example, she does. So she... She really, you know, she's, you know, uh, a proper runner. So she goes out before and, you know, properly, uh, you know, climatizes for it. Um, I don't seem to feel the altitude as such. But, you know, some people do, some people don't. Um, but, yeah, you, if you can get out, you, you probably will do better. Um,
2: right, excellent. Um, well, so uh, Leon Young, um, talking about other races coming up. Um, wants to know if you're still doing UTS 50 now it's in october talking yeah, about races uh, Snowdonia. yeah Snowdonia ultra yeah um
4: yeah i i i can't be sure um i definitely want to do one of those races they look fantastic um ultra trail Snowdonia that is and yeah they've got a they've got a 100 mile or 100k and a 50k now mm. um and I really felt for, for Mike Jones, the, the RD, when last year, um, yeah, they were so close to being able to put it on, but, um, it, you know, they changed it and changed it and, yeah, really felt for him. But, yeah, it just looks like – I mean, I love Snowdonia and it just looks like a cracking race. Um, but I don't know, yeah, because if UTMB is on, then it's too close afterwards. But who knows if UTMB is on. So, yeah, I'm going to keep that one live if I can and let's see.
3: Ah, so you were due to do UTMB – last year i guess i've lost track of years now from, from covid um um so what what's the plans with going back there is it to to very much kind of beat your time from before
4: win or nothing win or nothing uh, excellent <laughs> i like i do a zach miller zach miller on steroids no sorry not on steroids that's the wrong um... <laughs> <Scoop> here <laughs> that's the wrong metaphor isn't it um i'm gonna do a zach miller uh, you know do or die all or nothing um yep. uh, yeah yeah because that always
3: works because that you know it always that... works. <laughs> well, <laughs> i have
2: watched utmp race many times and even the you came fifth it worked so much for all those guys So and... yeah
3: you'll be out by 100k then <laughs> yeah
2: yeah ideally not that long ideally just 10, 10k because um, then
4: i can go and do uts 50 so yeah win.
2: That's, yeah yeah <laughs> all, all the cool kids get pulled out at my ear, and then we just get driven back through the, the tunnel. Um, <laughs> excellent. I, I don't. So, um, Orange Goblin's asking a interesting question, and um, I don't know if you actually have ever DNF'd in a race at all. Um, but Orange Goblin wants to know how difficult is the decision to pull out of a race if you get injured? Have you ever DNF'd in a race? No, not not in an ultra marathon. Um no i've never never i've always
4: been quite sort of lucky with well i don't know if it's probably not luck but in terms of yeah i've always thought well when i started off the advantage i had was that they were nearly all magazine assignments early on and i thought well i won't get paid (laughs) it's not about the money but it's like i'll be away from my family for two or three days four or five days dragons back you know a week um and like if i come back with kind of nothing or come back early like it's all been a waste for everyone so i had and also sometimes there was a photographer employed as well and i think they might have got paid but maybe not so like i was always had this sense of i've got to finish it because you know they've wasted their weekend as well so i had quite a good incentives early on um and then i think once you've completed the spine race uh yeah like nothing's been quite as hard as that first spine race to be honest so that's been a good like i say to myself is this as hard as the spine race well no you know crack on Um, so, but I would say, you know, a proper, you know, if you've got a proper injury, um, yeah, I, I, you know, I've seen people, well, at the spine race, actually have a, have an ankle problem early on and go, right, I'm going to finish this. I'm going to finish this. I'm going to finish this and then have a problem for two years. So it's not always the smartest thing just to finish. Um, you know, if you, you know, think of your health and think of the long term. I don't think there should be, you know, much, much, much shame in that, especially if there's a, you know, a physical a physical issue save yourself for another day
3: and in terms of your training um have you had any serious injuries or is have you had any niggles and if you haven't how have you prevented that um i've been very
4: lucky the last few years um but yeah down the years i yeah after the spine race that bashes you up quite a bit and that's when when i went to see marcus when i was having yeah tendon yeah some tendon damage i think it was about six or seven weeks till i could run again uh i've had a uh I've had a badass, ass, <laughs> uh, a gluteus, gluteus oh. medius.
2: Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah what, what's uh, going on there, what, I is... think that's the story uh, in the uh,
3: book about the Southwest Coastal path, band,
2: isn't uh, it? <laughs> I, I was wondering where that was where that was going. <laughs> I, I thought this was going to be get exfoliative. We're not past half past nine. We're not past one. Well, not past one. <laughs> and actually, yeah, the, the so they were only quite fairly short
4: lived. The biggest problem I've had was yeah, an Achilles, a, a tenacious Achilles issue for. Uh, maybe yeah a few months but I still I still did a few races on it of course but then ultimately I had to stop for I suppose six weeks off is, is the longest I've had which is which is yeah I feel very lucky for that um, and why I, I'm not totally sure I guess I mean nowadays I do a fair bit of strength work I suppose regular massage yeah,
2: we got, running technique like yeah. oh sorry
4: Sherlock
3: <laughs> it's really boring he's snoring around
2: <laughs> what about the work because you um so you were one of I remember a couple of years ago, kind of chatting about some bits with we him, But you mentioned Shane Benzi and kind of passing in conversation. You've spent quite a lot of time working with with Shane Benzi, being coached on your kind of the technique work. How much do you think that's helped you as um well keep away being injury free or prevented injuries?
4: I think it's definitely had an impact. I think it would be one of five or six things, I suppose that I that I do might do consistently or from time to time. But, but yeah, when I first met him, my, you know, I was running, I was all over the place, arms were everywhere, massively overstriding. striding um, Yeah, I was doing everything, everything wrong, really. Uh, I was an accident waiting to happen. So, so yeah, if you pick up the mileage and you're running badly, there's, a, you know, more, I would say, I don't know if it's actually, you know, strictly a study on it, but, but like, you got a better chance of getting injured. I think if you're, if you're smashing into the ground and, and beating yourselves up. Um, so I think that's helped. Um, yeah, yeah. But I think it's a combination of stuff. I mean, I don't, yeah, I very rarely drink alcohol, for example. Um, maybe I'd be a bit more exciting
2: if I did. Maybe I'll actually have some jokes and stuff. Could, could, could have made this evening far more entertaining. <laughs> yeah. Sorry, really, a bit of yeah. and going on. Could have, you yeah. know. Yeah. What about the strength? Because you, you, you briefly touched about strength work there. And I know you have posted it on social media about the kind of strength work because you work with um, a coach in Bath, don't you, for your, your strength work. How integral a part is that? Is that something you do daily, kind of once a week, or how does that kind of?
4: Yeah, um, probably. I suppose two, to, two to four times a week of maybe sort of. Usually, it's just you know twenty to thirty minutes. I think it's it's a lot more realistic for people, including myself, if it's kind of a short, shorter burst rather than you know massive hour long things that you just keep putting off. And and yeah, back to that question earlier, I, I have learned to like strength work. To an extent now but yeah probably i'd even pick a, a, a an interval session over strength work i suppose ultimately strength work is <laughs> um, Gosh. Yeah, um but yeah i've learned to learn to enjoy it and i do feel the benefit of it in, in several ways so and yeah studies have shown it can benefit economy um so i think it's yeah i'd say it's really worth worth doing
2: and, and is that working with a coach or have you just kind of made your programs up yourself
4: No, it's a bit of both. Yeah. So uh, I'm actually going to see... I'm pausing because I'm actually sort of working with a different guy now, uh, Coach D, um, who who used to work for the same company. But yeah, I'm going to see him tomorrow, actually, um, now that gyms are opening. But actually, he does uh, weekly Zoom, sorry, almost daily Zoom classes. So I often do 30 minutes in the morning, uh, three times a week. Um, And also, I should mention Paul King at team bath athletics club who does brilliant core strength um online or during lockdown online classes which are quite quite grueling um so yeah combination of stuff
2: right cool and and leon young has kind of jumped back in and said um actually he's um it's september not October, I thought it was September, but gave I didn't himself, So he's got one snow less dating. month of training for Ultra Snowden. So it's not, 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 good, job, good job he checked. Otherwise, he would have been rocking up in October going,
1: Where is everybody? Or
2: <laughs> been looking at social media going, Hang on, why are they doing this race? <laughs> ah. um, Man's asked quite an interesting question. I don't know, have you done a mountain marathon before? Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. So um yeah. oh, pulled pull the, the wrong question up. Um, so oh. Rodeman wants to know, what do you think is the what is the physical and mental difference between a weekend mountain marathon and an ultra marathon?
4: Yeah, so I've done, I've done OM once. Oh, I uh, didn't know that.
3: Uh, Which one did you do?
4: The only one in the Brecon Beacons. It was only a short score because my friend was injured. Um, I'm going to
3: ask who the friend was that you were doing it with or who the victim was.
4: <laughs> uh, Alex, my friend Alex Copping from around here, who I mentioned in the book, um, and we had that classic moment of, of um, both pointing, there, going right. Where's the next score? Both pointing the opposite way, you know, almost like a Carry On film, but no, both being quite adamant that we were right. Uh, <laughs> I, I was um,
2: with, your map, done... with your top-notch navigational skills, of course.
4: Absolutely. Um, yes, of all my running skills, uh, the yeah, the, the, the worst is navigation. Um, dark, I've done Dark Mountains, the, the January yeah. one, goes through the night, which is <laughs> which is. Quite well, yeah, really challenging. I did that with a good friend, Tim Laney, who's um who you guys will know, who's uh, yeah, brilliant, very experienced at that sort of stuff. Uh, and actually, yeah, what, partly why I paused when you asked about DNFs, we didn't DNF, but we couldn't find one of the controls. So effectively, we were, I think, disqualified or, or whatever the terminology is there. So we didn't, you know, it wasn't a failure of spirit, but we couldn't find one at four o'clock in the morning in a whiteout. And we looked for about an hour and we're getting quite cold. So actually, it was, it was probably safer just to move on and sort of give up. But that means effectively, well, yeah, effectively we're disqualified because we didn't complete it. Um, so, yeah, not very good at those. Uh, <laughs> I, I think because ultra running, yeah, you don't – you sort of have to use your mind, but really you can just turn it off. And I'm probably not very clever, really, whereas mountain marathons, you really do have to – you know, it's, it's cerebral. Uh, you have to look at maps and do bearings and, and be quite clever. Uh, and I'm not – I'm not, yeah. Not very clever. So
3: I think you fully admit that you gave all navigational tutors to Beth in the Cape Wrath.
4: <laughs> yes, it, it early on transpired that she was sharper on that respect. <laughs> so she'd be like, when's the next turning? What, how big's the next climb? And I'd be like, oh, right. Uh. Uh, I'd just be daydreaming. I was just like, oh, wow, look at these views. So I just handed all the responsibility to her, which did seem to um, be a nice balance. I had to carry a bit more, but um, that's... I was going to say,
3: out. a nice for She move. seemed happier.
4: <laughs> well, she seemed happier because she wanted to know when I wasn't to the information. Well, she, yeah, so, sometimes he's yeah, to was know happier. you're not
3: going to get lost, so let's do it yourself. <laughs> yeah.
4: Yeah, I think it worked out. I think so. Right. We're, still, we're still talking.
2: Excellent. So, yeah, mountain marathons are a lot more. definitely is, Orienteering, I call them orienteering on steroids in mountain marathon. They are... are you on steroids? <laughs> Mountain, you know no, no, mountain marathons are orienteering on steroids not i don't mean mountain marathoners i mean the events <laughs> it's like the event themselves okay right? careful no, careful not, not, not those doing mountain, i don't think you'd get many mountain marathoners doing steroids because well, of they it's to be the of a big prize money that you get for those yeah, races that kind of you know when i won the kim the trophy was phenomenal oh. um and that Kim voucher was what everybody wanted that year. Um, <laughs> we're talking about UTMB earlier, uh, about, about the race, and somebody did ask the question because there has recently been a bit of kind of news um, about the UTMB race itself and that it's kind of gone into partnership. Um, Mike Ethington has asked a question. Um, UTMB Ironman, thoughts, question. Going again, question. So I think we know we, we've already kind of. If it's that you on, are going. you will
3: be going again. But
2: what's your thoughts? So, so yeah, do you want to expl- can you explain what's happened there with UTMB and Iron Man?
4: Yes, I can. So yeah, I saw I saw the announcement um, a few days ago. Like most people, and I don't know much about the triathlon world or Iron Man, but it seems most people don't have anything good to say about Iron Ironman. Um, so it's made people quite quite nervous. Uh, and worried, I suppose. Um, Now, uh, yesterday, I think it was, Ian Corliss asked me to go on his podcast and talk about it. So I thought, oh (laughs) bugger, I better sort of try and find out, you know, try and actually understand what all this is about. So I actually spoke to someone um, quite senior at UTMB and also a a race director in the UK to get their perspective. Um, So, and and I guess the headline, uh, or, or at least the summary is, it doesn't seem as bad as maybe it sounded, I think. But my, big, my first concern was, is this encouraged? So the whole setup about qualifying has changed as well, but maybe not as much as it sounds, but I was worried it would like encourage a lot more flights, I suppose, and a lot more travel. Um, and probably the biggest footprint in running is our travel to international events anyway, if you fly. Um, uh, so, but what you do now, Yeah, you can still qualify inside the UK. You'll do a qualifier race, just like a UTMB points race, but you only need to do one. And that that sort of gets you on the system. That kind of starts you off. And it could even be a 20K or 50K or something. It doesn't have to be huge. Um, Then you do need to do, um, there'll be one like UTMB event in, in, in our country to start with, but they're looking into a second one and maybe even more. And there'll be, I think, 30 of them around the world. And they will try and concentrate them on the areas that go to UTMB. So Britain has a huge amount of people at UTMB. I think we're maybe the third or fourth most popular sort of nationality there. So they'll try and give us good events in in Britain. Um, One one should be ready next year at least. Um, And you'll need to do that, complete that. But there are various distances. Um, Complete that. You get a stone or several stones. And and then you can go straight into the, the ballot. So in a way, that's quicker it used to be where for a lot of people it'd be two three four years and now obviously the more stones you get the better chance you have in the ballot like at western states so you might want to do more races or you might want to do longer distances but you don't sort of have to um so we'll see how that goes and it might be that the congestion of people happens at a domestic level trying to get into this at the moment one uk race that might be the problem now and there's more congestion there and less congestion at the utmb end but hopefully that will thin out um, if more events come my next one, yeah. So it's the environmental thing, and is it still really accessible to to your everyday runner? Um, it seems, sounds like they're going to be okay. And then the third re- reservation for a lot of us was, you know, the Ironman thing. And John Kelly was, who know, you know, has done lots of Ironmans, um, was quite outspoken on Twitter saying it's, you know, uh, I don't want to misquote him, but yeah, you know, he wasn't in favour um, of the organisation. Um, now I've chatted uh yeah to to this this person at utmb and they said you know there's no plans to hike the prices um you wouldn't see any ironman branding at utmb you know they they appreciate that the the values of trail running are very different to triathlon they're not going to try and uh, you know uh rip everyone off and and stuff so i felt encouraged but i suppose you know try not to be too naive i mean um let's see what happens i suppose but um and also what was really interesting is they, they hinted that, so Ironman has already bought three big races around the world. They already owned Towerware in New Zealand, Ultra Trail Australia, and then they just bought Mozart 100, which me and Marcus have done and, and you've been out there videoing people dancing at. Um, <laughs> so they were already compiling a list, you know, a, not a list, sorry, a collection of races. And UTMB, they hinted that like, if they didn't get involved with them, UT, Ironman would have like a rival circuit, which I guess, might not have mattered to us we might have just ignored them i don't know but you've also got sparta coming in last a year or two ago as well taking some of the race like lavaredo and forming their own circuit so you've got i think it's you know the secret about trail running is probably out and and big commercial bodies are you know trying to get in on it and um you know maybe this is for the better and also but also we shouldn't take i mean utmb is is fine you know they'll they'll they reassured me that you know you know they make plenty of money they're not they're not going anywhere but like ronda del sims disappeared last year and that was a race uh big hundred miler in, in um, Andorra that i wanted to do sometime. i just thought it would always be there and it's gone um so yeah we might be in a new era now where i suppose more money is coming in but maybe it'll preserve some races maybe some
2: things will change but we'll see
4: yeah hopefully that's helpful
2: yeah, no. I mean, it was just a really interesting. I mean, uh, also in some respects, because of the uncertainty we've had of not having races on during COVID, and then in some respect, we were all expecting just to get back into usual races, and then this is suddenly announced it almost throws a curveball into what you know we perceive would just be getting back into. Suddenly, you know, this organisation like Ironman, which as you say is for a lot of trail runners and ultra runners is perceived to. Kind of, you know, not I wouldn't say snootily, but um but you know, it, it doesn't have the same reputation, it feels at times as somebody like some trail racers which are very low key and aren't there to make lots of money. And it was almost a bit of a worry that this big corporate organisation was going to come in and change the lot like, the ethos of our very simple basic sport almost.
4: Yeah, I mean but UTMB almost sits in the middle of those two things, doesn't it? Where some people already see UTMB as, as not really, you know, it's very different to the fell running world, for example. Um, and yeah, people are quick to quick to say, Oh, I could do this fell race for two pound 26. Uh, and UTMB costs, I think it's 280, 80 euros, which actually I think is still decent value. Uh, I'm not, you know, I'm not a spokesman for the, for the race. And there are things about it I don't like, but, but actually from the experience you get out there, it's, it's pretty good. Um, so UTMB sits in the middle. Um, I don't know. It'd be interesting. Uh, I, I, yeah, I can't predict how it's going to go, but we'll see. I suppose. I mean, it might be that UTMB, I think, have had trouble trying to set up a race in America or, or to or to link in the American side of things. It might be that they get Ironman to take care of that or do stuff over there. And, and uh, yeah, who knows? Who knows how that will go? I don't know.
2: Yeah, I mean it must have been a horrible time for race organising. Yeah, you know, we mentioned Michael Jones earlier, organizer of Ultra Snowden, and had a few chats with him. You know, it's been a really difficult year. You know, it's for some of us who are coaches, it's you know, it's, it's we've still been able to get work coming in, but for people who are race organisers who have st- set up their businesses, organisers, race like Jamie Shane and Ollie at events for Dragons Back and Cape Rath. Um, you know, we've got to be mindful that those people have had a real difficult time over the last 12 months of not having events on. Um, so I think they've got to be creative in some respects, haven't they, and think about ways of, of keeping their business coming in. Yes.
4: Yes, it must have been very, yeah, really horrible. So um, I think, yeah, and, and, and like I say, with Ronda del Sims disappearing, it shows you that, yeah, we can't guarantee these events will be around. So, so we got, to, I suppose we've got to support them. Either we got to support them, or, or they might need to look for other ways to, you know, keep them sustainable. So, um, yeah, but I guess, yeah, with UTMB, we'll, we'll, we'll see.
3: Are mm-hmm. there any um, races that are on your bucket list that must do for you that you haven't done already?
4: Uh, yeah, I do. I do want to do the Tour de Gion. I think that's that's mm-hmm. been calling me for a while. I just keep keep signing up for UTMB by mistake or <laughs> out of habit. Um, but yeah, Tour de Gion. I, I I would yeah. I'll try hard to get into that next year. I think I've been I've been wanting that one. And yeah, I mean there are some races in America that that interest me, but they're all yeah they're so difficult to get into. Mm. And of course there's a you know a big flight, so that's that's something I'm being more conscious of now. Um, I'm weighing that up. But yeah, Tour de Gion. I think you guys fancy that one.
2: Oh, yeah, definitely. But as you said, there's so many so many races out there trying to pick and choose and how, you know, and you kind of alluded there about the kind of flying and again, in the last kind of, sorry about Sherlock snoring and crumbling in the background. Um, in the last couple of years, you've kind of got this bit of a persona of being a kind can can of, I can I say eco warrior? Is, is, that, is, that, is that, is that still a thing? But somebody who's passionate about our environment, um, how much does that now an influence the races or events that you're thinking about doing
4: um yeah i mean uh, firstly I I, guess I, I I suppose i'm aware it um it's there's a there's a
2: contradiction
4: in what i'm doing and and some people I'll, I'll seem like a hypocrite in that i might fly sometimes it's been it's been it's been quite nice not you know not being able to fly for a long time um and I, yeah and i represent the sports brand and and you know fat, the fashion industry is a, is a huge issue a huge polluter in fact um fashion industry is, is worse than aviation overall um so but i'm i'm just trying to be more yeah a lot more responsible i suppose with those sorts of things um but yeah it i it's really changed i suppose i think to it's in, in the book i think 2 or 3 years ago yeah i realized i'd flown six or maybe seven times in a year include I mean, one was a family holiday but it was still you know i wasn't really aware of how much of a footprint that was creating and and then when I looked into it I was quite horrified really and, and thought I can't I can't sort of continue to do that so um yeah I, I wouldn't say I've given up flying altogether it, it, you know if an amazing race you know if there's an amazing race or you know if I can get to one of these races in America but that would almost definitely be the only flight of the year and you know it offset it and so on but and, and I've made other lifestyle you know copied you guys and gone gone vegan and um Um, the other big change most people can make is, is changing the energy in their houses, uh, to a renewable energy supply, which you can do in like five minutes online. Um, but yeah, so, I mean, there's a big debate to be had, like there's personal changes and there's political changes and obviously the political stuff can have so much more impact. Um, and so, yeah, I'm not, uh, how do I say this? Yeah. I'm not trying to tell anyone else what to do and I haven't really done much myself to be honest. Um, but I, I think it's the political stuff to really think about, um, uh, whether that's protesting or, or joining in even online campaigns but also voting you know voting for, for unfortunately we don't have a, a big election for a while here but you know voting for people who care about the planet um because we're really um yeah at risk of getting all serious we're really really desperately running out of time We, we scientists say we need to cut 45 percent of global emissions by the end of this this decade you know so it, we need dramatic changes um and all that's all that's yeah got me quite stressed out um I'm trying to think of a, uh, a a light-hearted way to end this round. <laughs> I'm not. <laughs> Have you really... always
2: been that kind of conscious about your kind of carbon footprint, or is this was it almost a bit like a midlife crisis? All of these some things happening and reading some articles. I like, um, about. No,
4: it. I was well. Yes and no. I mean, I grew up with, uh, I don't know, sort of fairly classic hippie parents, you know, they voted green for decades. And my sister's been in Extinction Rebellion for a while, you know, lives in Bristol, I think it's mandatory there. Um, uh, So I guess I've come from that sort of background, I and I went to school in Stroud where Extinction Rebellion were formed. Um, So I guess it's that sort of background. But then like a lot of people, I sort of had climate change fatigue, where you just see all the headlines all the time and just think, oh, yeah, yeah, we know the Arctic's melting, we know we haven't got any bees left. We know we got no flat, you know, no no insects anymore. But you know, someone will sort it out. Uh, and then you caught kind of go, hold on, <laughs> no one's sorting it out. This is a bit frightening now. Um, so it was, yeah, more of a midlife crisis moment, but a sort of, I suppose, a background of of, of that sort of um, those sort of values. But then uh, a midlife crisis moment, almost to, to compound my other midlife crisis moments.
3: Which- <laughs> I mean, there's a few we can name for you. <laughs>
4: <laughs> and discovering running in the first place. Um, Yes, yeah, it's more in the last couple of years where I've really, well, I genuinely feel stressed and anxious about about it and the fact that, you know, so many things aren't happening that need to happen. Um, Yes, yes, not sure. Again, struggling for a light heart.
3: (laughs) So what can we do, the average runner, as um, kind of thinking about tips for us for being conscious about the environment in terms of picking races and things like that? yeah thanks
4: that's a great question um it looks like and i am i'm very lucky i'm probably well i'm working on a second book for vertebrate and it is about sort of sustainability and running i think for most runners our biggest footprint will be from traveling to to events or at least ultra runners or people who go abroad i suppose but i don't think anyone should say oh you can't fly anymore i don't think that seems quite fair but i think it's consider how you know how many times you know is is right for you to fly consider whether that's kind of fair consider whether you can make other adjustments in your life so yeah again the big the big two other ones are your diet um and and the energy for you know your your house usually which is a really quick one and, and eating eating plants is is fun and much easier than i than i realized uh well I've, I've always eaten plants but like um yeah giving up giving up meat and dairy is um actually really easy and fun um uh and uh, yeah i love i love what dan lawson and charlotte his, his wife are doing with rerun clothing and and they're concentrating on um, yeah t-shirts effectively. So running has a t-shirt problem, and as I said earlier, fashion the fashion industry is a huge huge polluter and makes you know so much unnecessary clothing that, that takes a long you know there's a lot of water and carbon emissions involved in creating it, and then often they're in a landfill and and that's releasing methane as they, as they rot and and you know taking decades to biodegrade um, a lot of our tops you know a technical top is effectively plastic um, so if we can st- you know and so many races give us free t-shirts that often we don't, don't really need or want. Um, so if we can start politely saying no to no to races, this is the message from rerun clothing. Just, just politely say no to a race, but even better if you, if you, if races race is can sign up to uh, trees, not teas, then it gives people the option. They can, they can plant a tree instead with, with Jim Mann's uh, Jim Mann's company. Uh, who's a record breaking fell runner, fell runner. Uh, Marcus will know well from, from racing him. Um, and, and me. uh, um so that that's yeah there's some things to think about there hopefully hopefully Yeah no a-
3: they're good and I was also like one of the things that you highlighted was about like even just the packaging of our running bars and what we're taking out on a run and thinking about that because that's something that we can easily change
4: Yeah now I must admit I'm that that's a lot of these areas are very complicated and this one is complicated because for example if I don't know if I bought if I bought a locally made bar that had a bit of plastic on, or if I stopped for a while, so last year I tried to do all my big changes without any plastic waste. So I didn't buy bars in plastic or any, or even crisps in plastic or bottles in plastic. Um, but actually, sometimes I might buy an avocado, um, which, you know, is sometimes available without plastic. And that might have come, you know, from Mexico. Uh, not that there's anything wrong with that deliberately as such, but like that might have actually had a bigger carbon footprint. So I, I must be honest, I'm still sort of still working out <laughs> all of that of how like how do we eat you know responsibly you know go back live sorry hello
2: we're back sorry we just know. lost our internet there um I think maybe, I got maybe, maybe, maybe the government was tuning uh, in and they were getting a bit concerned that we were getting
3: a bit kind of radicalizing us yeah and they
2: like took our internet down quickly um <laughs> <laughs> like, uh, yeah, you're saying, yeah i mean uh, yeah about packaging and stuff and like you say yeah avocados and almond milk and stuff like that when you look in the carbon footprint of them you're thinking in chickpeas as well you're thinking great it's gonna be really good for the environment but yeah if they're coming all the way from mexico um or other parts of europe and kind of transportation it is yeah it does become a really interesting one doesn't it kind of a real, yeah so i'm still on. i'm
4: still trying to work all that out if i'm honest but yeah one thing pebble you at least we can think of our plastic a plastic consumption there's a really really good book called um, how bad are bananas by mike Berners lee which goes through lots of individual things in your life even like reading an email how much emissions would that have released um and the good thing is bananas aren't that bad by the way um <laughs> they've, they've traveled a long way um it doesn't you haven't necessarily been air freighted so um yeah it's not that straightforward but but Plast, yeah, plastic is is pretty bad and is ending up just everywhere. It's quite frightening. So yeah, that is something people. Could, yeah, if we can cut down on our plastic, but but so, I suppose just sometimes something locally that is in a bit of plastic that might last a bit longer isn't necessarily worse. But yeah, it's complicated.
3: But I think that the message that you put across is just kind of do your best, like even if we can solve this and be perfect. Or is it somebody else that used the hashtag like imperfectly green or something like that?
4: Yes, or imperfect activism, because yeah, aiming for perfection, like none of us are going to get there. No one's morally perfect. So just being a bit better or progression, not perfection. Don't be afraid to, I suppose, don't be afraid to, you know, just improve a bit and and don't worry that you're not perfect Um, because I'm certainly not, but you know, I'm trying. Um so I'm yeah, sure we'll people. all call
3: you out on that on social media. <laughs> <laughs> you claim yeah, that you're back. Your yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry, you put yourself up for that at the moment. But but but,
2: but, but, but even even though you're putting yourself up there I me, mean, but it is good to be reminded, isn't it, about our impact upon the environment. Because like we're saying about UTMB going into partnership with Ironman you know, we claim mm. our sport is this wonderful being con- in- connected with the environment and being in the outdoors and is quite in some respects almost like uh, an experience but then we are having an impact upon that environment by our rubbish or by the stuff the kit we're buying and how many you know we're always getting the new bits of kit but i think yeah it's it's good that we are being prompted and being kind of reminded actually that sometimes wanting the latest piece of kit it, it does does have an environment impact and our current running pack might actually still be working completely fine yes and uh,
4: that's something i've been working on i mean i'm i'm no different to anyone else when you, when you see the new version it's tempting to think i need the new version uh, and often often your current version is is just fine uh, um, and yeah the most sustainable kit is the kit you've got now uh, and we're certainly i think most of us are guilty of over consuming like to you know having too many things whether that's running stuff or not um and and they all have an em- emissions associated and then and then they often end up yeah creating more emissions when they're sort of disposed of so yeah we can all be a bit better I, again i'm not perfect but i'm trying to be better at that you know repairing things reusing refusing even with the t-shirts um mm. uh and trying not to yeah still using i'm trying to trying to see if i've got an example around here i did did post one or two on instagram the other the other week uh but they weren't they weren't that impressive it was yeah some gloves with a hole in
2: and a... oh, you need to get some better socks you need to get socks like in gingy socks which don't get holes in personally i would reckon... Are you sponsor buying gingy market um well it might well be actually yeah <laughs> i must say i when in the past when i've used in gingy
4: socks they've been good yeah. uh, <laughs> and i i'm also happy with my innovate socks uh, they, they look I like just they're, your sunday,
2: they're, they're your sunday best ones weren't they your your holy ones there you go. You can you can have that oh, dad joke dad for jokes. Have that one. That your dad t- your, dad your dad ten year old will <laughs> will love that one. Um... My 16-year-old got me with one of my brilliant dad jokes. Every week in a week in, in a shop, looking at camouflage stuff. But I'll tell you about that one later. Uh, all the years of all hard year, you know, those years of trying to get dad jokes across actually finally paid off and did a blinder. Anyway, Dave, we, we have been chatting for over uh, an hour and yeah. we meant to be on until sorry, we till still half haven't got day. to a
3: lot of questions. Sorry about that. Yeah, <laughs> I, I, um... but I think we kind of covered lots. <laughs> all
4: right all right I, I mean I could do a very quick few if you want but um, There's yeah, one my about, There's um about. I think
3: the ones that we missed was one about how you motivated yourself during lockdown oh maybe this is to, maybe they're worried about us getting another lockdown <laughs>
4: um I found it really um yeah motivating because you didn't have anything imminent so actually you just I just went running for the for the joy of it really that sounds a bit a bit wishy-washy and hippy, but but <sighs> I just felt the pressure kind of lift a bit and just go and run and explore. So that I almost re, re you know, re-fell in love with running. Actually, I, I hope I hope other people felt the same. Um, but yeah, I still had some, yeah still had some down days as well. Hello, right? we've,
3: like, a- we've actually got a question for Marcus. <laughs> <don't> Did <laughs> Damian have any unusual quirks as an athlete when you coached him?
4: <laughs> oh gosh, well, I think we should end the show here.
3: Uh, <laughs> Suddenly you haven't got time for any more questions. <laughs> that's quite good <laughs> I think we've um
2: we've maybe have to wait taken for my apart
3: Damo's <laughs> <laughs> approach as a coached athlete for enough tonight um the other um, final question was about your plans for this year so we've got a secret thing that we're not talking about and you've mentioned UTMB is there anything else coming up this year for you at the
4: moment they're the they're the two things, but I would I would definitely like to do, yeah, at least one other thing, but it's just, yeah, what and, and, and when, so I'm not totally sure. Um yeah, at the moment they're my two big things, but hopefully and one more thing.
3: What about a um a certain little spine race come winter? Is that is that a possibility? I mean, if you start posting photos of sleeping bags around December, which I think you did the other year, I mean it can only mean one thing.
4: <laughs> i yeah, uh, i might be tempted i might be tempted somebody's yeah. just
3: mentioned the barklers. is that a, is that a temptation for you
4: it is tempting yeah it is tempting but it's well uh i can't find the website
3: <laughs> <laughs> you need to go it's taken over by iron man i think that one <laughs>
2: <laughs> that's how they get getting into america going straight into that the
3: yeah <laughs> i mean then we know the sport's a bit doomed <laughs>
2: <laughs> fantastic brilliant brilliant so if people want to get hold of your new book in for the long run how can they get hold of a copy because that's what you're meant to be here talking <laughs> about <And> we've talked <laughs> about so much other stuff you'll be chucking yours out well i'll just go to the nearest bargain
4: bin of your, your nearest bookshop uh <laughs> yeah no uh it's better to buy it if possible from the vertebrate website uh it's 20 percent off there so it's the same price as amazon um, I think the vertebrate website is v-publishing, uh, but if you just uh, search vertebrate publishing, um, yeah, very feel very grateful for the reception it's had and for the amount of people who have um, bought it, and I hope they don't regret it too badly. But thank you very much. We
2: got ours for free, so we're okay. <laughs> <laughs> thank you so much. Well, we'll, we'll put a link down below um, on the channel and on the podcast show yes. notes, so that we'll put a link to the Vertebra so people can head over to Vertebra to buy a copy rather than... And any, lots of yeah. other amazing running books that they have. And if people are interested in hiring you as a coach, are you still taking athletes on? Are you still doing lots of coaching? If I'm honest, I'm, I'm, I'm at capacity at the moment, but um, yeah, try try Marcus or Jenny. They, you know, <laughs> right. we're, we're, I'm, I'm at slightly capacity as well, so um, <laughs> it's, it's been oh. an interesting year for how coaching has kind of bl- blossomed during lockdown in some respects.
4: Uh, well yeah uh anyway, if you like uh maybe later in the year or, or something or at least i can direct you to some other good coaches um you can find me on instagram quite easily hopefully
2: I was gonna say, um but yeah yeah we'll we'll put your social media bits on there <laughs> so people can find you and get in touch with you and be inspired on how they can make a bit of the less of a carbon impact and change their carbon footprint as well
3: or maybe just have a little look at some photos and do detective work of what your next plan is <laughs>
2: Yeah. Yeah. If you
3: if you yeah. recognise those lumps. <laughs> <laughs>
2: recognize those heels, recognise those pats. They might be able but uh, two out of two. Might <laughs> <My local> go <laughs> five. Brilliant Damien. Well, thank good you. Good luck so with everything much. this year. Thank you so much for joining
3: us.
2: Yeah, good luck for UTMB. We look forward to seeing you out there smashing it full on, going for it. <laughs> really hard. And uh Zach Millering it. Zach yep. Millering it, yeah. <laughs> uh, good luck. Um Thank you thanks for having me on and yeah catch up soon yeah, yeah we'll catch you soon take, take it care, easy bye-bye. goodbye oh fantastic well there we go to mr damien hall um and uh there we go wonderful well we hope you've enjoyed this evening's chat with damien and um if you kind of got any more comments of what we've been talking about please post them below if you've been following us on youtube and watching us on youtube Click subscribe to keep up to date with what's going on. And if you've been listening to us on the podcast and you've enjoyed it, then please leave us a review. It kind of helps our ratings. And uh, yeah, I think that's all the admin bits and pieces done. Next week, I think Claire's back yeah it maybe it half past six i'm sure. not we have enough information um, to do anything yeah, for I have a piece of paper i get reading reports and don't at. ask me who's on um, in two weeks and we're, we're back on in two weeks and uh we have a mystery guest <laughs> um so yeah keep yours again this is why it's so important to subscribe to the channel because you'll get um a, a kind of a link to who we've got in two weeks time so hopefully you can join us in two weeks time uh Stay safe, enjoy the running you've been doing. If you've enjoyed it, can say click on subscribe and uh, keep in touch. Take care.
0: Goodbye. Hi, it's Claire here. I hope you enjoyed this podcast. These live chats take place every Wednesday evening at 6.30 PM UK time on World Ginger Running YouTube channel. And the link is in the show notes.
4: An important message from Blue Ridge Hospice. There may be several hospices now claiming to serve the area, but Blue Ridge Hospice is the only local hospice that has been serving here for 40-plus years, operates the only hospice inpatient care center, conducts the only community-wide grief and bereavement programs, offers a nationally recognized music therapy program in conjunction with Shenandoah University, outscores every other Virginia hospice in Medicare's quality scores, and so much more. Blue Ridge Hospice, the first, the best. Find out more at
0: BlueRidgeHospice.com.